verses 20 and 21 way back in the back before Peter that's an instruction fellas Hebrews see that I, I tell you it's okay for you to make the coffee pot and get it ready in the morning or at night Hebrews <laughs> Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21. <clears throat> Tell me when I find it. <laughs> I have had these words spoken over me and this church uh, probably uh, ten times by different prophetic ministers. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, 
the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever amen how many of you know God loves you and he has an eternal covenant he's a God of covenant and he is in covenant with you if you are in Christ and every all your benefits are good all 8,000 promises in this Bible toward you in Christ are yes and amen doesn't mean they automatically come to pass there are spiritual laws at work, aren't they? They're all for our benefit, not to harm us. But God's people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. What we don't know is killing us. There are people sitting in denominational settings that are our brothers and sisters in Christ and all sorts of churches all over the world. I'm not picking on anybody. We all come from the, that of some form. Or just being an outright hoodlum. <laughs> and so, I'm not picking on anybody, but you can love God, be saved, and serve in the church your whole life and die young. You don't have to, though. You don't have to die sick. We're all going to pass from this life to the next and get a, a better body than the one we got now. But we don't have to do it sick. And you say, that's awfully bold, coming from a preacher who stands up there who's had open-heart surgery and just came out of another surgery. That's right. I still know, though, that healing was provided for me 2,000 years ago on the cross. Yes, Amen. And I'll say it as long as I have breath to live. And I'll say, just because my faith wasn't strong enough to receive it supernaturally, God still got it to me the best way I could receive. Yeah. He's that good. Right. There's no bad way to get healed, and God wants you well. Yeah, that's right. But you're in a covenant with him, and he's going to equip you. He's going to equip me. He's going to equip this church with everything that we need, everything good that we may do his will. And you know, his will is to grow the kingdom of God. Amen. And in your will and in your family, it's to bless you and to... Yeah, hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. Yes. Holy Jesus.
that's a big angel standing there behind her. And, uh, and there was a whole entourage of heavenly hosts standing beside you. <laughs> and the Lord said, tell her, she may look small and she may feel small sometimes, but she is, her courage is amazing. And I consider her a great warrior for the kingdom of God. And I have seen her prayers and heard her prayers and I have seen her tears. And I will bless her in ways that she has no way of understanding at this time. But it is coming and he loves you and he sees you there. And you are blessed.
Thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you for using me. Just, just flow through me however you wish, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Praise God. So we read uh, uh, whew, Hebrews chapter 13 where God is in a covenant with you and he loves you because of Jesus. Amen. He doesn't love you because you're lovely. He loves you because he is love and he loves his son and you have chosen his son uh, and entrusted him with your eternal uh, address. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and so when he looks at you, he either sees Adam or he sees Jesus. And uh, I'm blessed to believe that in this room uh, is only a bunch of uh, little Christs. That's where they got Christian, the word Christian, little Christ. Praise God. He said, beloved, I... I, I I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers, 3 John 2. So the beginning of a prosperous life is a prosperous soul, and we need to know how to do that, don't we? Because there's a part for us to play. Yeah, that's, uh, that's been part of the deception within the church, and therefore it has uh, afflicted many, many millions of believers because they think God can, but we just don't know if he will. And we'll just have to wait and see and pray about it. And, you know, you never know. That's a lot. That's a lot. God has made promises. He has made commitments. And they are all yes and amen. Uh, but there is the law of faith that we have to cooperate with. We have to believe and receive or we can doubt and do without. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> Bob Nichols, a great man of God, I had the pleasure of spending some time with this, uh, this week um, uh, from Calvary Cathedral uh, up in the Metroplex. He says his mother always drilled three things into their heads as children. You, know, you must be born again. 10% of everything that you get belongs to God. And seek ye first the kingdom of God. Yeah. Matthew 6.33 in that famous... Uh, Sermon on the Mount, which is uh, what, what most people call it. Uh, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. What, all the things that the world chases after and worries over. He says, if you just put me first and seek me first in my righteousness and the kingdom of God, all these things that everybody else worries about, it, they'll just be added to you. And he says, in the Amplified, it says it like this, uh, to seek his way of being and doing right, that's the foundation of God's prosperity. At the end of you, you're going to find God if you seek him with your whole heart. Amen. So God's prosperity, because we are learning that uh, prosperity is important. And so we're learning the correct way uh, to see prosperity from the, a kingdom perspective and therefore position ourselves to be blessed and prospered in every way. Because kingdom prosperity, God's prosperity isn't just financial. That's part of it. To him, that's like, that's, that's just a tool, a very important tool. But healing, protection, favor, wisdom, success, Overall well-being and, and every good thing you will ever need are provided by grace through Jesus' atonement. Amen. Amen. He took our place on the cross and bore the curse for our sin. Galatians 3 uh, verses 13 and 14, I think I mentioned last week, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. 
so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's us, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. And Isaiah 53, 5 says that Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. The Hebrew word for peace in that scripture is shalom. Huh? Yes. That's the same word he said when he got up. They woke him up and said, don't you care? We're about to get drowned in this uh, storm. And he was sleeping in the back of the boat. He got up and told the wind and the waves to be still and be quiet. He really just said one word, shalom. Wholeness for every area of your life. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Total well-being, spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says that we are three-part beings, just like the three, uh, the three persons of the Godhead. We have a triune God, and we're triune beings, spirit, soul, and body. Most people live according to their soulish realm, their, their, their mind, their will, and emotions. And uh, that's what all psychiatry and psychology deals with, not saying it's all bad. If that's all you can get, get some help where you can get it. Just like a 12-step program. I've known, known a lot of people that it's helped to some. Uh, I've known others that they love it because it gave them a handy pair of crutches. And they're saying, well, we all gonna fall every now and then. So they almost plan it, you know? <laughs> About once every month or two, it's like, well, you know. <laughs> they pull out their point or whatever and they call this guy that's supposed to you know, and he goes, oh, well, you know, it's all right. That's bound to happen. That's just what you are. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all a darn lie. I have a one-step program that'll, that'll make you a brand new creation, you see. And all that stuff you did, that's just like looking at a photo album of a, a person that passed away. Because you're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Or oh, me. <laughs> I had trouble with that scripture when I first got born again and uh, and uh, I wanted everything fixed. I, I saw it and I saw all the good things that came with salvation. I'm like, well, if, he, if that's just true, then why didn't he just do it? I still had some things that were not exactly straight in my life. And I mean, I, after all, I mean, I'd only screwed it up for about four decades and uh, why couldn't he? why couldn't he fix it in a week or two? I said, what's going on, preacher? And he's like, well, you know, you ever had a skunk under your house? And, and, uh, and you had to go in there and get it out. You kill the skunk and you get it out of there. Or, or for Miss Evelyn's sake, you capture it and, and take it to a, a, a nice new home with friends. Yeah. <laughs> but the skunk is gone. But you might, it's might, might that's, that odor might return from time to time, what the preacher told me. I said, okay, well, I can, I can understand that. And I was still struggling with it because things weren't perfect yet in my life. And that next evening, I went to the grocery store with my wife when we got done working. And I grabbed a, a basket and she ahead of me and... Uh, Go back to the back aisle where I'm following my wife. You know how we do. <laughs> and my phone rings, and it's my stepdad on the phone. He's laughing. I haven't talked to them in several months. They didn't even know that we got, you know, as far as uh, they were concerned, we're all Christians because we're Americans. And, uh, you know, we, we put up a Christmas tree. And my great-grandfather, Big Daddy, was a pastor, you know, in the Methodist church. And, and I guess they all thought they were riding on his coattails because no one had done much sense. <clears throat> but anyway, my stepdad's laughing on the phone. He says, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm doing, doing, I'm blessed. You know, I done figured some things out. I knew, I, I learned what to say. First off, I know you got to change my words. I'm blessed. And he goes, oh, that's good. He goes, well, your mama wants to know how your skunk is doing. And I stopped in my tracks, that, that uh, basket in front of me, 
And I said, what'd you say? And he said, well, your mama had a dream last night and you were a little boy and you were pushing a grocery basket and you had a skunk in there and she wants to know how your skunk is doing. <laughs> and I said, you tell her that skunk is dead and gone in the name of Jesus. <laughs> right there in the grocery store. God called me on the phone. And he goes, huh? <laughs> I, I don't think you understand. You see, your mom had it. I said, I heard you perfectly. And you tell her that skunk is dead and gone. Amen. Amen. And I, I'll talk to you later. And he hung up. <laughs> he had no clue. He was just an instrument. But it touched me deeply. And I knew it was God. And I knew scripture was true. Amen. Not only was I a new creation in Christ and all had been forgiven and I was loved, but he, he had a plan for me and he was involved in the intimate details of my life. What an amazing and wonderful God he is. But it doesn't just happen, and it's not going to take place overnight. What had taken place overnight, that new creation, where old things have gone, all things have become new, that's the spirit man. The old nature I was born with, which was corrupted in the Garden of Eden, since that seed was passed down to every man from Adam all the way to me. I had a sin nature. I was, I was the devil's child. And we all were born, believe it or not. Now, until that child is old enough to make decisions on themselves and choose or reject the Lord, they're safe, so don't worry. <laughs> but you have to challenge that claim on their life, knowing you're running that road again. You to bust that butt because you can't say, now, if you're disobedient, you're going to open doors for the devil. See, and the enemy's going to come in and eat your lunch and pop your bag. You hear me, Johnny? Huh? Runs out and chase the ball again. Spirit man is perfected, made holy. You have the very mind of Christ in your spirit. Problem is, you can't discern that with your natural senses, your mind, will, and emotion. That's your soul. It's being renewed as you come into agreement with your new spirit man, which is in perfect agreement with this Bible because the Holy Spirit is the one who authored this Bible. Amen. It was just written down by about 50 different folks as he inspired them. And then this body is just an earth suit. We're earthbound. We've been given dominion over this earth. Yes. We gave it away. Jesus came and got it back and gave it back to the church. Yes. Huh? We're built, designed to rule and reign here. Yes. You're not going to go rule and reign in heaven forever with Jesus. You're just going to go up there with him until he comes back here, if he tarries. Tomana's convinced we're both still going to be here when he busts open the eastern skies. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But that doesn't matter. You see, that's not a deal breaker. You can believe pre-trib, pre, pre mid-trib, post-trib. You can be wrong if you want. We're still going to go to heaven as long as you believe he's coming back sometime or another to get us. And he died for us on the cross and got up out of it. He's alive today. Amen. You don't have to, it don't matter if you believe it's getting sprinkled or sprayed or dumped. I believe in holding them under until they really repent. <laughs> Not a deal breaker, though. You see. The foundation for prosperity, total prosperity, because, you know, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Isn't that a better way to have riches? I had them without the Lord and I had a lot of sorrow. I would rather have, I'd rather be prosperous in my body, in my relationship, my marriage, you know, and uh, 
every area of my life and have, have the money to go with it. Amen. We want to be kingdom builders, praise God. It takes a lot of money. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's, there's eight steps. That's the number for resurrection power. First day of the week, the new week, the eighth day of the week. <laughs> That's the first day of the new week. <laughs> That's when Jesus got up out of the grave, huh? Amen. Amen. Oh, me. <laughs> New beginnings is what eight stands for. Resurrection power. Walking in the truth. Faithfulness. Diligence. Tithing. Sowing. Believing. Saying and waiting. Too fast? Good. You have to go back and listen to it or watch it on YouTube or listen to it on the podcast. It's in your spirit. Just pray in tongues until it comes back out. <laughs> First you get saved. You got to get saved. Isn't that what Bob Nichols' mama told him? First you got to get saved. Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was trying to talk to him about things he couldn't possibly understand. What, I got to go back into my mother and get born again? How dumb can you get and be a religious leader of the day? Yeah. <clears throat> Sound like some of the theologians we have now. Yeah. Was that too subtle? I'm sorry. Then you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> and you begin to see some change. But maybe not too much will be noticed yet. But then you learn to walk. In the Word, the Word of God. This is the only thing that's going to be left after everything else here is burned up and gone. The Word of God is still going to remain. Begin to walk in it. Begin to walk after the Spirit. You don't have to be in the Spirit. You're already in the Spirit if you're born again. But you need to learn to walk after the Spirit. That means in agreement with Him. It's not a thing. He's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. He's the one that Jesus said, it's good that I leave because now he can come. And he can be everywhere with all of you at all times. I can only be in one place at one time. You know, Jesus got really tired. He did. They wore him out, man. <laughs> he had to get jump in a boat and run back and forth across the lake just to get, just to get a nap. So we begin to walk in his way and in his wisdom and what he says is right. You can't do that and not experience the blessing. See, you're already blessed because of the words God has spoken over you in Christ. But to experience it, you have to do some things. It's not to earn it. It's to participate or to cooperate with the way that God the way that God operates. But John 4, 24 said, what did he tell the, the woman at the well? God, God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So we need to learn what that means and what that looks like. John 8, verse 31, 32, Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Yes. That scripture is really important. If you abide in my word, that means you remain, you stay. You see, he told Joshua, don't, don't let the words of this book depart from your sight. You keep it ever before you. You need to get it in you. You need to meditate on it. You need to sing it. You need to say it. Everything that's good. Amen. Amen. All the bad, you say, thank you, Jesus. You took that. That's why it's good to read the Old Testament. Oh, my God. Jesus says, I took that. I bore that. I took that curse. Thank you, Jesus. Because, you know, like a lizard fell in your pot, you had to, had to, <laughs> had to throw it away or, or do something, put it through some kind of ritual. <laughs> a lot went on outside the camp. 
Abide in my word. You are truly my disciples. That's what it says on our new pens. Everybody get one? Go and create disciples. Why does that scripture, I like pointing out that scripture because it goes before the one that everybody uses all the time. It says, and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Truth will set you free. How many marriages have had that scripture thrown around in error? <laughs> when you just want to call them a liar. Truth to set you free. Bar rooms all over the place and they have no idea what they're talking about. The only truth, Jesus is the truth. The way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus will set you free. Huh? If you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples and then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. There. Abide in my word. In the NIV it says if you continue in my teaching. See, so you can be saved and filled and your spirit your spirit is already in total agreement with God. You have the mind of Christ. The kingdom of God is within you. But still, you can be bound in your soulish realm and your body because you need to experience the outworking of that which has already been done inside. It says work out. You work out that which is already within. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Huh? Yes. Too many people are praying and begging for God to do something. He's like, I already did. Right. <laughs> it's in you. Yes. You know, the answer to everything, every sickness and every lack and every want is four inches below your nose when you're praying. Mm -hmm. You don't have to get a breakthrough Pray it through, get a prayer chain going, and maybe we can twist our, God's arm if we get enough folks. <laughs> Guilt him into doing it, gang up on God. If he didn't do it for Jesus 2,000 years ago and credit it to your account when you accepted him, he's not going to do it for you now. Right. What you need to do is believe and receive. Yes. Hallelujah. Not just reading scriptures about prosperity or any other promise for that matter, but walking in the words God says to you, talking the words God says about you, that's God's wisdom. Walking in truth is living a godly lifestyle, living in obedience to what God says is right. You say, well, that sounds a lot like going back under the law, you know, do this, do that, do good, get good, do bad, get beat. That's not true. Why is it? It, it, it? It's sort of the same effect, though. Well, why is it so important that we differentiate then? That we're not making God do anything if it's the same outcome if we are disobedient and go on living for the devil. Because you need to know that when the bad things happen, so many people get mad at who? God. It's not him doing it. He doesn't put anything on you. Sickness, divorce, poverty, all of the devil. He doesn't put any of that on you to teach you a lesson. Anyone that preaches that is a liar. Or just deceived. But they're lying. Those are... Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly or, or to the fullest. The thief, the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple. Pretty cut and dry. Good God, bad devil. Good God, bad devil. So now, why is it so important that we know that it's not God doing the bad things? Because when you think it's God, you run from him instead of to him. He doesn't love you any less if you don't cooperate with his spiritual laws that are put in place to bless you. He loves you the same. He got your picture in his wallet. He's weeping for you. He's, Jesus is next, sitting next to dad praying and interceding for you. 
There are angels that have been assigned to you Amen. to minister to you, the children of God. But they respond to the word of God. And uh, Charles Capps, who's a great man of faith, pure faith preacher, you know, he said, he said, you know, I keep telling my people they can have what they say, but they keep saying what they see. keep saying what you see, you're going to have what you say. You say what God says, even when what you see says the opposite, you keep believing God, then that faith is the hand that reaches out and takes hold of everything provided by grace. And it will begin to manifest. Jesus said, Mark 11, 24, you believe you have what you pray for when you pray and you shall have it. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14. I told you last week, I, those 14 verses are all the blessings. And then there's about 40 or 50 scriptures of the curses that Jesus bore on the cross. But all those blessings are yours. And they will overtake you when you meet the conditions. And again, that sounds a little legalistic. It's not. It's just simply learning to cooperate with the spiritual laws that God has in place. When you walk in, basically, in relationship with Jesus. You know, I, my wife and I were talking how, how scary it is, like when someone says, you talk to them about salvation, oh, I took care of that a long time ago. You know, an answer like that. What's that, what's that tell you? It's a religious mindset. You know, it doesn't mean they're bad. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't get saved at the <laughs> or sense or, or that they will won't. But, but what that says is let's just check the box, you know. Just like some people think, well, as long as I get baptized before I die, you know, that's just checking the box. Well, that's like, that's like Jeff and Ann saying, uh, you meeting one of them on the street and saying, "Hey, are you, are you, are you married?" Yeah. Oh, yeah. I took care of that a long time ago. <laughs> oh, I sure like to meet him. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard from him, talked to him in a long time. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, we're we're married. You know, I took care of that. <laughs> no, you didn't take care of nothing. Sounds like. <laughs> That's not no kind of a marriage, is it? Well, that's what, that's what marriage is, a picture of Christ in the church. And it goes both ways, don't it? It sure does. <laughs> it better if it's going to be successful or prosperous. You know, even, even worldly folks, you know, God, God is good and he'll help, you know, help help people try to do whatever they can and, and some people found some really wacky ways just to kind of get along and make things work okay and, and it's not God but it you know it just it just worked you know we just well we just don't talk to each other <laughs> that's how we made it work it's like well okay <laughs> that's not that's not God's got a better solution <laughs> I recommend going with his plan but God can do something with a willing heart you know that Isaiah 1 verse 19 says if you are willing and obedient you shall eat the good of the land one of the first things God will tell you if you're seeking him about prosperity is he wants you to stay out of debt like well this didn't go the way I wanted it to <laughs> Thought you were going to start telling me how blessed I am and how I, I was going to get started getting checks in the mail and and uh, well he's and then he's going to say well you know I 
what if I hid one under your work boots? You know, would you find it? Golly, again. Do I have the right number, Lord? Yeah. Deuteronomy 28. Eight. I don't know. Somewhere in this Bible. I'll bless everything you put your hands to, he said. He said, if you, if you won't work, you don't, you don't eat. I mean, he didn't say if you don't have any work, or if you, he said if you're unwilling and able, you know, that's different. But there's a lot, of, a lot of spiritual laws that we need to understand. God's very practical. He wants you blessed, but he also, he wants that seed that he can use to, be, to bless and return back to you. He's a God of multiplication. You can never outgive God. He's not after your money. It's all his. <laughs> Cattle on a thousand hills. He don't need you to buy him a steak. Man, I was in the line at Brahms up there. I'm going to go to the Dallas area. My wife loves Brahms. I do too. After the uh, conference the other night, we get out. The only thing still open is Brahms. You know, the regular stuff that we got down here, but she wants to Brahms. You know, we'll head over to Brahms, and I was in the drive through long line. We're getting something, and uh, I was at the window to pay, and through the window, I see a great man of God standing at the counter in there who had been ministering at the conference, and he was about to reach for his wallet, and I said, Hey, first, I'm paying for his. I'm paying for his. What? That man right there in that blue shirt, and I think it was green or something. My wife, of course, noticed that's not blue. They, they know what I'm talking about. I'm paying for his food. Okay, I did it. I don't want him. I don't want anybody to block my blessing. My mama didn't raise no fool. Hallelujah. Well, the Holy Ghost. You're awesome. Amen. Almost accused him of messing up the message. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> Praise God. Have your way, Lord. Always. Always have your way. <laughs> Woo. You know, there was a There is a parable in Matthew chapter 25 and the Lord talks about this master had given uh, these servants these money coins according to their each one according to their own ability. That tells you something right there. We're not all the same. God created us different. And he's not, uh, he's not holding you accountable for something he didn't create you to do. Yeah? So he gave to all three of these servants according to their own abilities. He gave one, one coin. He gave... Uh, one, uh, two coins, and he gave one, uh, five coins. I might have that wrong. Something like that. And immediately, the one that he gave five to, he went out and doubled it. And so did the one he gave two to. He doubled his. And the one he gave one to, he went and buried his in the ground. And when the master came back, They gave a report, and uh, they told him that the one who gave him five, two, gave him ten, and the one who gave two, two, they gave him, gave him four. He told both of them, well done, good and faithful servant. He said, I'm going to, you've been faithful with little, I'm going to put you in charge of, of much. 
But the one who had taken the one and buried it in the ground, because he said, I, I know you're a hard man. You reap where you haven't sown. And uh, he goes, I was scared, so I didn't want to lose it. I buried it in the ground, and here it is back. He said, you wicked, lazy servant. He said, why didn't you at least put it in the bank? I'd have got interest on it. See how practical God is? So he took the one from the one who had the one, and he gave it to the one who had ten. Oh, there goes socialism. <laughs> God expects us to do something with everything he puts in our care. We are just stewards of all of the gifts in our life. Whether it's money or talents and abilities or even our words and our time. You know, you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving others. Holy Spirit, you're going to have to help me here because you, you got me so far off what I thought you wanted to say that I don't know what to say now. <laughs> Second Chronicles 16.9 says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong he wants to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him now don't get that word perfect get you all thrown off it's weird how people do that. It's almost like they shut down when they hear that. Nobody's perfect. Shoot. <laughs> Close for business. Like, dude, lighten up. I can get you some other translations if you want. <laughs> that word perfect can be defined as loyal, devoted, dedicated, faithful. How's that? Is that better? Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Who or what are you devoted to? Is the question that you could find in there if you were if you were reading the mirror of God's word and you come across that passage of scripture and you let it read you, who or what am I devoted to? When God looks at me and he's scanning the earth for someone that is devoted and dedicated and faithful and loyal toward him, is he going to pick me? Would I be qualified as one? Be faithful to God. He says in Isaiah 26, 3, I'll keep him in perfect peace. How many of you would like that? Amen. Whose mind is stayed on me. Yes. Because he trusts in me. Amen. To be faithful toward God is really just to put your trust in God. You flip that around, you see. He loves you. And he's just looking for a little love back. And the reason he's so jealous for you, he's not jealous of you. <laughs> he's jealous for you. Because the devil hates you. There's only two teams, you see. <laughs> Part of that bad team, the devil's team, disguises themselves as angels of light, you see. Mm -hmm. That's like a, it used to be TV shows. It was really popular for a while. I don't know, I don't have television like per se anymore and I don't understand how to run the apps unless my wife's home so I don't get to watch it. <laughs> I, put it I put it on YouTube and watch a scene of a fireplace. I like that. Or the ocean rolling in. 
<laughs> I can do that. <laughs> but there used to be these shows, and, uh, and this minister friend of mine, he went to, uh, they were traveling and ministering, and they were going through a town where they had some old friends, and uh, they asked him to stay at their house instead of incurring the cost of a hotel, and they gladly accepted, and they, they went, they had a very nice home, and made all up for them, and they, uh, and they cooked them a great dinner, and they sat around, and then uh, he, he and his buddy, uh, the, the women were talking and doing whatever, and they went in there, and they were having coffee in there in the living room, and the guy says, oh man, there's a show coming on, he goes, I really got it, I really watch this show all the time, I love it. And it was a guy who <coughs> would uh, tell people, uh, he goes, it's really spiritual, you're going to love it. Because this, this preacher is, you know, uh, full of the Holy Ghost and, uh, and uh, a minister of God. He loves God. So he's really spiritual. Anyway, so, so this guy, and he sat there shocked because this guy goes around the room and he would tell these people all about some deceased loved one, right? He would tell them all about this, this person. He liked this and liked that and he this and that. Oh, hey, he liked this game. And he always kind of grumpy about it. You know, he tell them all this stuff. And he really just blessed the people. And, uh, and then usually he'd have something that they want to say to them, you know. And, uh, and he says, man, don't you understand? This is a, a familiar spirit, not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and the guy goes, what? And he, he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, half of, you know, the time... The devil would disguise himself as an angel of light. In other words, he posing as a good guy, but he's really just looking for access. And then he's going to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. That's always the end result. That's why, you know, it's like we're not religious when we're telling people don't mess with astro astrology and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, the crystal balls and the Ouija board and all that stuff, you know, hey man, I like to have fun as much as the next guy. But when it's and when it's when it's sending out a written invitation to the devil to come into your life, uh, I'm gonna have to warn you about it. Because that's what all that stuff is. That's all it is, is that God loves you and he's trying to protect you from the devil. He's jealous for you because he knows that the enemy is gonna try to deceive you and steal from you and kill. He's after, he's after the word in you, first of all, and then he, he's after your life. In all its various forms, death will come. Well, praise God. I don't want to... Your seats... Uh, your minds can only absorb as much as your seats can endure. So I don't want to keep going. But uh, I just appreciate the Lord for, uh, for interrupting today. And so if it doesn't seem like... I hit all my points. Well, in, uh, in Bible college, uh, we asked the question, uh, how many points should a, a sermon have? And they said, at least one. <laughs> so, I, so I made up my mind that it's going to always be uh, about Jesus and about an hour. So <laughs> I, think I, I think I hit my mark. Amen. Amen. Well, did y'all get anything out of this today? You know God love you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just love you and we give you, we give you praise and honor and glory today. And we just thank you for, uh, for prospering us in every way and teaching us, Lord, how to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we can't be deceived by the devil. We want to be aware of the tactics of the enemy so that we can be protected by you. And walk in the great grace upon our lives and prosperity in every area of our lives. Not just our finances, but in our physical bodies and our marriages and relationships and, and our church and our home and our work and everything else, Lord. We just thank you. I just speak a blessing over everyone here and everyone watching by any other means at any other time in the future. I thank you, Lord, that your anointing knows no bounds and no time. And we just thank you, Lord for everything that you're doing here in our midst in this wonderful church called Grace and Truth Church. In Jesus' name.